Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My name is Siobhan Harrison, and you're listening to In Anything at the Moment. Amazing. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Minute! Okay, let's go again. Hi, my name's Jonathan Harden. Welcome to In Anything at the Minute. Yes, Minute. That's In Anything at the Minute, the Honest Actors podcast. This is episode five of a project that launched on the 30th of September. There's also a companion blog at www.inanything.com forward slash blog as you would expect. Uh, you can listen to the other four episodes that are online anytime. Those are with Denise Goff, Tom Goodman-Hill, Sinead Matthews and Matthew Flynn. But for now, you're listening to episode five, Siobhan Harrison. How did you first get involved in acting? In acting? Uh, very late. It wasn't something that I did as a kid. It wasn't something that I had particular experience of through my family. Um, Shamefully enough, or not shamefully, when I was about 14, there was a boy that I had a massive crush on who would sing in the school choirs, not my school, and uh, was very into musical theatre, and so I started singing to impress him. No, um, so it was, it was that. It was something that I had no experience of. I come from a very academic family. My parents are both teachers and my sister's a teacher, and I was at this very good school, and suddenly... The, this magic door was opened of singing and acting and school plays and musical theatre. And uh, so I uh, started singing lessons and I did music GCSE with singing and then I um, went through a bit of a, a horrible, horrible patch, my poor parents, and uh, uh, ended up doing my A-levels at a drama school. Yeah, I ended up going to Arts Ed, which was my first experience really, um, and did a foundation course there. I did my A-levels there and then did courses, uh, classes alongside it, voice classes, singing classes, a little bit of movement, acting, um, accent work, speech work, and then went on and, and trained. I did my degree course at um, another drama school. But it was, I just kind of, it just happened one day that I decided, probably in a bratty teenager way, that I, I didn't want to follow this <clears throat> promising path that my parents had, had laid out for me, this academic route, and I wanted to become a, an actress. So that is at 14. Prior to that, there has been not an inkling Nothing. within you. I think... Uh, no, 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 that's not true. I did West Side Story when I was 11. Okay. Well, who did you play in West Side Story? I was Maria. Of course you were. I know. It's a, it's a role that I will never, ever get the opportunity to recreate. But other than that, no, no experience, no... 
amateur dramatics, no youth. School. So you do you do West Side Story at eleven. That's the first time you remember being on stage in front of an audience. Yes. And how does that feel at eleven? Obviously not great because you don't do it again for three years. So <sighs> what um, what is it about that experience that doesn't grab you and doesn't make you go at eleven? This is what I want to do. I think it absolutely did. It absolutely did, and I continued to sing, but but not act. Um, but I think up until that point, because there'd been no history of it in my family, um, I just didn't consider it as a career. I considered it very much as a as a hobby, as a as a fun after school activity. I sang in a concert, and one of the teachers there was a teacher at Artsed, and said you should consider doing your A levels here. I don't know whether they knew that I was having trouble at school or what, but it was just one of those very weird, coincidental moments. I, I met her. She said, "You should audition for this," and I did. And then everything changed, and I met a wonderful teacher. It was a story of you know one of these wonderful people that come into your life and absolutely change everything. And up until that point, I was you know very badly behaved and rebellious, and I found something that I absolutely loved. So, and then, uh, so at that age. Who did you look up to? I mean, was it was it actors? Obviously, everyone you know has their musical heroes and everything else. But I mean, did you at that age had you identified acting heroes? As embarrassing as they may be to admit now, by the looks on your face. Oh God! Oh, it's <laughs> mortifying. Um, at that age, at sixteen, at A level age, I had been to see um, several musical theatre shows, and at this point in my life, it was all musical theatre. Yeah. I wanted to be a singer or a musical theatre actress. Mm -hmm. The acting and dancing was something that I, I had never experienced. Okay. So it was all about singing, all about musical theatre. Um, I saw... It sounds like a, an apology of sorts. <laughs> I know, I know, because sometimes... And this is, this is something actually that's very important. I, sometimes I feel like if you have a background in musical theatre, you're constantly trying to make amends or apologise for the background that you've had. Even though you were so young at this point. Yeah. Well, I wasn't... Well, it's only in hindsight now that I'm embarrassed that I was a massive Michael Ball fan. There's nothing wrong with Michael Ball. No, there's not. He's Michael wonderful. Bolton, yes. Michael, <laughs> Michael Ball's fine. He, he was wonderful and I uh, loved him. I loved the, the big musicals that I went to see, Miss Saigon and Les Mis and... You know, all the ones. I'm only... I, the only reason that I'm embarrassed now is because it all... You know, I feel like... They're the ones that everyone loves. I feel like there was nothing particularly different about my taste. Yeah. It was just my entry entry level, and I and I loved it, and I wanted I wanted that. I didn't know anything else about it. I didn't know anything else about acting. Um, I just decided that I, that I wanted to be in Miss Saigon, and I made. I, I never really like to talk much about jobs because I hate mm. getting into those. I feel like the thing that defines these interviews is that we don't talk specifics about, yeah. about jobs, right? So if I was to allow you then to say, what's the one thing that you're most proud of, that you've achieved in your career? What's the job that you think, if I'm gonna mention one job, that's the job that I want people to know me for? Um, oh God. Because she's loved them all. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> well, no, there, there are, you know, there are jobs that you love for so many different reasons. There was one very special job that I did last year, and um, that we, we closed just over a year ago, and it was a new musical, um, and it was just one of those incredible. It was a new musical. Suddenly, there were posters up all over the tube. Um, 
you're involved in the creative aspect, in, in changing things on a daily basis, working in a massive theatre with an amazing cast and kind of being at the front of that. Um, I, it, was, it, was a massive, it was a massive deal and it was, I learned an awful lot. And it was my first musical for five years. I think I hadn't done one for five years before that. And I thought I'd kind of um, decided to go the other way and not to do them. And then this opportunity came up and it was, it was wonderful. It was a very nice job. It was um, from here to eternity. I should have said that. Um, and it was lovely. It didn't last very long. Um, it wasn't a huge success, but I don't always think it's about that. Not at all. Um, just because it's an interest, uh, you've kind of set me up for it, so I might as well take it. Um, do you believe in big breaks? Oh, God, I believe... I believe some people suddenly get a job that changes people's perception of them. I believe that it's not about the big break. I believe that... You know, I, I believe very much in the hard work aspect that you graft and graft and graft and you can be working for years doing wonderful tiny projects and then suddenly you do a, a bigger project that's perhaps not as good or as loved by you or as well respected but is suddenly commercial and that kind of changes the way that people think about you or view you or kind of just gets you across to the next level. Um, it's not the same for everyone, you know, sometimes people come straight out of college and go straight into a massive project. Um, but but I don't th think I'm not the kind of person who's waiting for my big break. Yeah. I I love all the small jobs in between. I think you have to take something from every job. Have you ever felt that said? Have you ever felt like you've had your big break? Do you ever feel like you've, t you've taken a job, you've been on a job, and you've thought this is going to change everything? Yeah, but I, f I, I feel that with every job. I feel like, you know, doing a massive musical and having your poster everywhere is, is one thing, but then it doesn't matter when you're then kind of in front of a TV casting director who doesn't know who you are. Um, and you can do an amazing uh, play like the one that we're doing at the moment, but again, it, it doesn't matter if they haven't heard of that. I feel like everything you do counts in your favour. Everything that you do counts. Um... I, I hope I haven't had my big break and, and missed it. That's kind of where that question is, oh is kind of driving, because I think some people do have those moments where they go, oh I should God. have made the most of that. Or just that that wasn't what I thought it was going to be, just that you know sometimes you sell yourself an idea of a job and the reality doesn't match up. Or that, particularly with filming, say, for example, where there's a massive gap between the making and the reception mm. of it that you think when this goes out, this is going to be... This is going to be it. And then, of course, it's... That's, it's not. It's not it, you know? It, it's, you're, you're, still, you're still an actor. I know, and you are still an actor, and you always are. You're always going from job to job. And that's, that's the truth of it. You can be, you know, riding high on the back of something one day, and then the next day... I mean, I finished um, the musical last year. I had a gig on Sunday. I did a friend's gig on Sunday. On Monday, we all got together as a, a company and had a drink, and then on Tuesday, I was back dressing. I went back to dressing. Um, because I believe in that. I believe in working. Do you work when you're working? Yeah. If that, if that question even makes sense, you know what I mean? Do you work in other jobs when you're not... When, sorry, when you are acting as well? I, I do. If the, part, if the part or the show is particularly big or exhausting or... 
you know, physically demanding and perhaps not as much. But yeah, at the moment I am working during the days, um, about three days a week, uh, because I can, I've got the time to do it. And not everything pays as well as everything else. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you want to stay on top of that. And also if you find a job that you can do in between acting jobs, um, that is flexible and fits you and is understanding of auditions and, and jobs and taking time out for rehearsals, then I will do anything to keep that job. Yeah, so um, this is a question that you may have heard. It's kind of it's become a thing I've become obsessed with because it, it's reminded me so much. It, it re resonates with me, which is an agent once said, uh, actors are only happy in the five minutes after they get a job. Oh. And then from the sixth minute on, they start to doubt themselves. And, and for me, it's always been that thing of you try and hold on to the joy because otherwise you start thinking, oh, I can't, I don't know if I can do this and maybe I'm not the right person. Maybe they've, maybe they've, somebody else didn't want to do it and all that kind of stuff starts to kick in. Do you, do you recognize anything of yourself in that? Or if you start to worry about anything after five minutes of getting the call, what kind of things do you start to worry about? Oh, absolutely, I recognize that. Um, I worry about whether I can do it. I worry about whether they've made a mistake and they're going to call me back and tell me that. I worry about um, how how I'm going to do it, whether I'll make any friends, whether people will judge me. You know, all of these doubts, um, all of these doubts creep in very, very quickly. And then, you, then you're faced with the first day of rehearsals, which is the most terrifying thing ever walking into that room. Normally I like to kind of circle the building a few times. Uh, I like to get there very early and panic myself a little bit more. <laughs> of course. <laughs> why not? I mean, why not make yeah. it absolutely torturous? Yeah, the moment you get a job, it's, it's exhilarating, but um, you talk yourself out of it very quickly. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy uh, auditions much? Uh, I have had auditions that I've like I, I like, remember really? having some but some I mean sometimes it's it's torturous sometimes I uh, had an audition that I had to go up to Liverpool for so I had to drive up after work so I arrived very late and stayed with my friend's family and got up very early and, and went there they were running about two hours behind and it was for a, a musical and they played the song from the show but the pianist didn't know it um, the tempo was wrong he didn't, he didn't really know it. And then the producer, I think, took a phone call in the middle of it. Excellent. Yeah, makes you feel wonderful. And you've driven all the way to Liverpool? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Waited two hours to go in, done a dreadful audition, and then got back in the Had car home. Had to drive home. back, yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes auditions are uh, amazing. Sometimes you feel wonderful about them. I mean, even if you don't get the job, sometimes I think having a good audition is just as beneficial, I mean, not as beneficial, but there is benefit from it. Yeah. Um, and if you go in in the right frame of mind and you kind of don't put too much pressure on yourself, don't appear too needy or desperate. <laughs> but if, you know, sometimes you just find that right balance where you're like, yeah, I would really like this and I think I could probably do it and I think I've got something to show and I'm just going to go in and give it my best shot. Then sometimes you discover amazing things and you, you, you actually can enjoy them. So, yes, I have had auditions that I like.
you've said already you're a you know you believe in hard work mm. both inside and outside the business it seems um do you think within that there's any place for luck i mean how much stock do you place in luck oh god um yes luck pays plays a a, a massive part i think in your career sometimes things line up and you're in the right place or you had a drink with the right person the week before or you know you were in the office at a particular point when someone called up and then you happen to be the face that your agency's first i think that is, has a massive thing but it's you can't count on that yep. you you have to be in control of every factor you can control i think you don't want to lose out on a job because your accent wasn't good enough or you didn't know the script or you, you didn't put the hard work in. These are stuff that you can control. So I, I think you should. I think you should take control of that. The other stuff, you know, you're, you're too tall, you're too dark, you're too skinny, you're too fat. You're, I mean, I get I'm too foreign. I'm not foreign enough all the time. Um, things like that you can't control. Yeah. So what's the, I mean, what's the thing, the worst feedback you've ever got, like in terms of to this or to that? What's the thing, or, or the thing that you get that annoys you the most when you hear? Um, or does it annoy you? Oh I mean, God, of course it does, and it's it's incredibly painful. It's incredibly painful because you feel it's it's an unfair reflection of the performance you gave on the day, or uh, the, the the things about your appearance. I find very hurtful. Um, but you know, you the 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 worst one is she's just not right. She, it's just so vague. It's yeah. so vague. and uh, We loved her. You didn't. You didn't. <laughs> you would have given me the part. Uh, has not getting parts gotten any easier with no. time? No. No. Have you developed any kind of rationale or any kind of... Do you have any pearls of wisdom that you remind yourself of when these moments kind of happen from time to time? I allow myself the day <laughs> of horrendous... Horrendous teenage sulking. Normally, alcohol is involved. I might go back to bed and sulk. I, and it's pathetic because you know there are other jobs around the corner, but it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't. And that's just the way that it is. You have to pick yourself up. There is something else. It obviously wasn't meant to be for you. And you can't do anything about that. There's no point bitching and moaning about it because it didn't go your way. No matter how unjust you feel it is or how annoyed you are by the casting that comes out. And then occasionally the casting comes out and you go, well, God, I totally see why they went oh, for yeah. this girl instead of me. There's, you know, you, you just allow yourself a little stomp of the foot and then move on. But um, so when you're not working then, what do you do, A, to keep paying the bills, uh, B, to keep sharp, I suppose, as an actor, and C, keep seeing or do those things all is there is it is the keeping seeing in the other two i think the keeping same for me and it's different for everyone um is busy busyness if i am left to my own devices and i sit watching netflix all day watching my phone then i spiral very quickly into that horrible place so i i keep busy i work doing i've done all sorts of horrendous jobs um what's the worst a tequila girl. 
tequila girl. What does a tequila girl do? Uh, God, may my mother <coughs> forgive me. Um, I, it involves wearing very little. You are then given a, two bottles of tequila, a bottle of tequila and a bottle of sours mix, and you've got this holster on with cups in, and you have to sell these shots to drunk idiots in a bar. And I've, I have never Tequila felt. girl, you'll never go back now. I did one night. The money was great. I, bu- I got in a taxi home. Wow. I spent it on that. I didn't want it. I've done. Have there been others which have been equally as um, almost as bad as Tequila Girl? Well, you know, the one that all the girls do is the perfume at Harrods. The perfume at at a big department store where you're told such as <laughs> where you're told you could be fired on the spot if you don't have enough makeup on or something stupid. Um, I I I don't have the tolerance for that. And it's hard to find the you know you want something that you can. Have your days free to audition or yeah. be able to cancel days work at, at the drop of a hat. So you quite often end up doing evening work, restaurant work, uh, bar jobs, front of house, all of that. Um, but as long as you're, as long as you can hold, as long as I can hold my head up and pay my bills, my rent at the end of the month. And what's the longest you ever had to sustain this kind of second life for? What's the longest you've been without work? I think. Um, A bar, no, I didn't. I had it quite a long spell a couple of years ago that was kind of interspersed with short gigs. But I was uh, working backstage for over a year um, and kind of doing stuff that no one really knew about. I did a fringe play and I did a a, a kind of one-off concert, musical concert. Uh, But nine months, certainly I've had a couple of nine months. Sometimes it's just about getting anything. Sometimes, you know, you start off, you leave a job and you're like, no, I'm going to be picky and I'm only going to do things that will elevate my career. And then eventually you're like, I just, I just want to work. I just, I don't care what it is. Do you ever, do you you ever try and, do you get to that point where you start trying to work out why, why am I unemployed? Yeah, yeah. And do you come up with also, I mean, do you come up with answers that ever make sense or have you ever... Well, you then become very self-conscious and sometimes you're like, it's because when I did that audition, I got nervous and I did a funny dance and, you know, so I I did go through a phase of that when I got nervous, I'd kind of get all awkward and jump around a bit. I was like, that's, you know, I I don't get these auditions because they think I'm a weirdo. Um, But I think anything that, anything that forces you to become self-conscious in that way is not overly helpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just, it's not your time. Sometimes you can't do anything about it. Sometimes it's your mental attitude. You know, sometimes the longer it is that you're unemployed, the harder it is to gear yourself back up into that positive frame of mind where you walk into a room and someone goes, oh, I feel safe. I feel like I want to work with them. Mm-hmm. If you walk into that room as a bundle of nerves, full of kind of doubt, then they're like, no, this, I don't get anything positive from them. You've been in those places, nine months, whatever, at most, and anything in between. Uh, do you find yourself in those moments competing more with your, your actor friends? Or do you find it ever difficult to be happy for other actors in those moments? Um, God, it's, that's, a, uh, that's a horrible question to answer because it's true. I know, and I'm sorry. No, no, it's good, it's good. It's, and it's... I th- I'm always incredibly ashamed of myself when I recognise that that um, 
envy. I don't, I don't want to use the word jealousy, but I think it's, it's envy. And sometimes you walk into a room and you, you see the, the same faces and you're like, you're going to get this job. If I were going to cast anyone out of us five, I'd cast you. And you know. You know your nemesis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I have, I have a couple. Um, but, you know, it's usually for the right reason. And, you know, they, perhaps they get the job because they're better than you or they do a better audition than you or they're a more reliable name than you are. But for whatever reason, it's their time. And you've just got to keep working. But, yeah, there are times where, you, you know, you see the same faces working. You kind of think, well, why... Why them and why not me? Just a quick interruption from me here to draw your attention once again to that blog on the website, www.inanything.com forward slash blog. It is primarily guest articles written by other actors and people associated with the industry. Why I started this in the first place was because I didn't feel I was seeing, I was listening to, I was reading enough honest conversations about what we do. The project is about restoring balance to the conversations we're having about acting. So, if you'd like to contribute to that ongoing conversation, now that it's up and running, then please do get in touch. Have a look at the blogs before you do so. If you think you have something that might fit into the tone of the blog and into the aims and objectives of the project, then drop me an email, honestactors at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an idea for a blog or send me a first draft and we can take it from there. Anyway back to Siobhan. What's the most difficult thing about being an actor? The unemployment. Definitely. What about the unemployment? I mean, because there's lots of things. It could be financial, it could be emotional. What? what? Uh, financial is a massive thing. Even when you're working, sometimes it's hard to, to, to pay the bills. Um, uh, the downtime, the, um, the way that it just kind of consumes you and you, you know, you very quickly start feeling worthless and, um, doubting everything uh, not only doubting why you're unemployed but doubting whether you're any good in your last job and you know you, you leave jobs on such a high or you know at the end of rehearsals you feel amazing about it and then you finish the job you have a bit of downtime you, st you start doubting that you start doubting whether you're ever going to work again whether you're ever going to amount to anything whether you know you'll ever be able to afford a house or have a family or uh, look after you, your parents in their old age. Um, I find that the hardest. Um, and I think because of the nature of what it is that we do and the analysis of characters that we do, um, the way that you kind of immerse yourself into someone else's character, sometimes you become very self-conscious on another level of yourself. Sometimes someone will say something to you like, oh, do you know that when you're acting you do this funny thing with your jaw? And you'll be on stage, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing that thing with my jaw. And that becomes your entire fixation. Um, is to stop doing that thing that has served you perfectly well for the yeah. whole of your career. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I, I thought that was fine. I didn't realize that was an issue. Um, so that's hard. That voice, keeping that voice controlled is hard. Um, being thick-skinned, you know, being told you're not this or not this or... You know, letting that all slide off you is is hard. But you know, you've made a. I've made a choice. I'm not moaning about. The downtime is the downtime because the highs are the highs. If those are the lows, are are the difficult difficulties? Um, and you said some things actually people haven't said yet, which 
no one said the thought of not being able to look after the parents, which now I'm going, oh, God. Oh, it's because, <laughs> I, it's because I go through phases of going through midlife crisis where you, where you, you know, and it's you know, coming up to the election now, suddenly you're f- faced with, it's hard enough for, for young working people to buy a house now. But for an actor, you're dealing with the fluctuation in your earnings, the fact that you're self-employed, the fact that you're an actor and no one wants to give you a mortgage. Um, you know, all of these things and you're, you're waiting for that big job that will solve that. And, you know, quite often it doesn't come when you really need it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the, the buying the house thing and then the family and the responsibility and the fact that you compare your yourself to your other friends of the same age as you who are doing something completely different because that's the way that their lives have panned out. So what do, you, what do your friends do and what do they think of what you do? Um, I have, outside of acting and stage management and, and, and sound and the, the, the normal people. Muggles. The muggles. Um, they, a lot of them have kids. A lot of them, you know, I went to all the weddings three years ago. At that time when your life hits and everybody starts getting married, mm-hmm. and you're you're skint, you're doubly skint. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, a hen weekend in in Barcelona, <coughs> sure. Um, so a lot of them are married. A lot of them have kids. A lot of them have the dream kitchen. Um, but you know, I know that they enjoy coming to see me in whatever show it is and hearing the stories and. They don't mind if I drink a pint of water and they shout me a glass of wine every now and again. They don't mind um, because everyone's path is slightly different and it, you know, it then works out the next time. Um, but that is that is a reminder that everything is slightly different for actors. Have you ever considered giving up? No. Momentarily. Not no. even in those days when you're going to bed slightly early, having had some alcohol, when you're feeling sorry about the fact <laughs> that you didn't get the job, you'd set your heart on. <laughs> I hate to bring it all up again, but you, you described it so beautifully. Um, do you, so I mean, pathetic. in those moments, you just, you know that it's the only thing you can do? Yeah. I, I, I personally have never thought about giving up. I've thought about things that I might like to do later in life, you know, if it works out. Um, but no, I have never considered another career. I think I know a little bit more. I, I f- sometimes you get to this point and you, I feel like I'm asking a question and I kind of know the answer, right? Um, and some of them, because you just think you've given such strong answers, like you've such a strong sense of why you're doing it. But what is the best thing about being an actor for you? Oh, God. What, what is the reason why you've never thought about giving it up? What is the reason why you know, you seem still so excited about the prospect of, of every job. What is it about acting? Because it's incredibly exciting. It's the most amazing job ever. It's, you get to play, you get to be different people, you get to do something different. You, and I am fairly transient, I get bored very quickly. I um, And I think the opportunity to reinvent yourself or kind of live through someone else's character for, for a little while in a different period in a different country in a different setting you know constant exciting opportunities um and 
you know, it takes you to all sorts of bizarre places that you never thought that you'd go and amazing experiences. I mean, it's not, it's just, you know, it's a cliche thing to say, but it's not really a job. It's, it's as bad as the downtimes are, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do with your life, I think. If you could go back to the start of your career, mm-hmm. um, and I mean just out of drama school, um, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, I would not have wasted a year's wages getting drunk with my friends in teatros and getting taxis home. <laughs> Which I did. Or, or would you have? <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. I probably still would. Here's the thing. I had some wonderful times. Um, I, uh, God, I would have taken it more seriously from the get-go. I, th- I think I always took it seriously, but I think there have been times where you think you can just kind of you can you can do an audition without thinking about it. I think if I had been a little more sensible about it, instead of just assuming that I was like I felt like I was a bit invincible when I first came out of college, uh, and I. Well, you had a great start. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. Um, what else would I just go and see more? Go and see more. I wish I'd seen more theatre. I wish I'd read more early on. I wish I'd make the most of every opportunity. Um, but then, you know, that's stuff that I wish I did more of now as well. Um, do you think the industry has changed? It's only been 13 years. But have you noticed anything changing or do you notice any changes that are happening? Yes. What do you think's different? I think, and actually I hope we're coming out of it now. Though we, uh, certainly in... Um, musical theatre, there was a, a big phase of reality stars coming in to play the lead um, from wh- whatever show it was. Um, and I really hope we're coming out of that now. I really hope we're going back to supporting people that have grafted to get where they are. And if you could change one thing about the industry, would that be it? Is that the thing that your bugbear? Oh, God. I think we should work really hard to pay our actors better. I think um, we should be supportive of new writing. I think the the West End is in a a funny place at the moment. We've got some shows that have been there 25 plus years. And we've got other shows that come in and, and shut because they can't afford to take risks. And I wish we could do something about that because I think there is some really astonishing new writing going on. Um, but they can't afford the overheads. And we're kind of prey to the critics. And I, I wish we could do something about that so that there was, you, you could wave a magic wand and the tourists would take a risk on seeing something that they didn't know anything about. So, um, are you in anything at the minute? I am in anything at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Episode 5. Episode 6 will be with you in a fortnight. Until then, thank you, Siobhan, for your time and for your honesty. Thanks to the Langham Hotel, I suppose, uh, even though they knew very little about it. And thanks to everybody that's coming back every fortnight with each new episode. This is going to sound like self-congratulations, but fuck it, I'm putting it out there anyway. Thank you to everybody that's been supporting. The support has been massive and overwhelming at every turn. Uh, The last blog post, like I said earlier, was shared a thousand times. We've had something like 35,000 plays to date. Um, and that makes it so much easier to put the effort in to get these things ready on time. 
Um, it also, however, makes the pressure uh, huge um, in terms of making sure that they're up to standard. So hopefully episode 5 has been to your liking. Hopefully episode 6 will be too. Join me in a fortnight for that. Until then, thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.